Welcome to Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you can save. It is Tuesday, November 21st. And we're doing things a little different over here. Yeah, it is are. just me and Stefania Bell on the side set. Stefania, how you doing, darling? I'm good. I like you have a different piece of Lion's wardrobe gear every, every time I see you. And this is... What do we call this? It's like a sweatshirt, but it's like a sweater. It's like a cardigan. It's like a cardigan. Sweatshirt, yeah. Like a sweat cardigan. What What do we call this? I, I think it's a cardigan. It's got the deep pockets, which it I is. really like. It looks like something like dads wear. It is something a dad would wear. I think Mama Dop got it for me for my birthday, Love. which was very nice. So it's ah, very comfortable. So it's new. It is new and it is warm and it is very cold here in the Northeast, which is it why is. I wore it today. Also very chilly in the studio. Also so shout out to me for wearing blue for your lines, whatever. Thank I you very much for that. I know it's not the right color that. blue, but... Um, you know what? I actually I, just I, doing my part. I owe you an apology. A couple weeks ago on FF Now, we had a question: Who do you like more, <laughs> David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs? And you were like, "I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be really good." And I took David Montgomery, Stefania, two weeks in a row. You have gotten it right. You have had Jameer Gibbs over David Montgomery. All I'm saying is, let's maybe start listening to Stefania a little bit more. So I mean, it's only I've only been saying that for 16 years, but okay, only 16 <laughs> years. <laughs> That's right. All right. Make sure you ask your questions to us. Get them in on the YouTube chat. Follow us over there. The ESPN NFL YouTube page uh, It is youtube.com slash NFL on ESPN. So go check that out. We're going to dive into a bunch of different things here yeah, today. See what I have? I have, I have notebooks, a lot I have of papers. I have a computer, a lot of writing. You know why? Because there, there was a lot that happened. A lot in that this happened. Week. Hey, a you lot. know what? Speaking of stuff that happened, I was recording a podcast this morning. Let's start with this one with Adam Schefter. Okay. And in the middle of the show. No one likes a name dropper. Oh, sorry about that. Hold on. <laughs> uh, in the middle of the show, though, we found out Matt Canada was fired by the Pittsburgh Steelers, Stefania. Yeah. This is one of those things where you never want to celebrate someone losing nope. their job. No. Nope. But. As far as a fantasy perspective, we have been waiting to be able to see these Steelers hopefully do something different on offense. They have had, up until this point, fifth fewest offensive points, offensive yards per game. They Haven't are, they been outgained in every single game? Basically and yet every one, game. Which is sort of the miracle of Mike Tomlin. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the productivity-wise, certainly for fantasy purposes, it's been... Uh, less than appealing. Averaging 1.6 offensive touchdowns per game, sixth fewest in the NFL. So we're hoping with these changes, things just go up from here because it can't get much worse for Kenny Pickett and these Pittsburgh Steelers based on how this offense has run. I actually think, I was talking with my buddy Kurt about this and I'm curious what you think. We talk about this whole thing with Mike Tomlin about how he's always been above 500, like it's this amazing thing. It I, is an amazing thing, it, it by is, the way. It is amazing. Also an amazing it thing. It is amazing. And at the same time, I feel like as a franchise, not amazing. You know what I don't want to do? Just barely get to 500 so I can be in the middle over and over and over I again. I don't think that's the goal. Of course it's not that's the right. goal. I think what we're saying is that it's remarkable that he's managed to finish with a winning record because teams seem to either be spiked into where they're good and their playoff caliber teams or they're not. And if you look around the league, that's been the majority of teams have either been at the highs or the lows. There's rarely teams that hover around the yes. middle. And yep. they've kind of been there in the last couple of seasons. I think it's interesting. I've heard it floated that the running backs coach has the potential to be the new offensive coordinator, which I think is very interesting Ooh. considering the run game has been something we've been talking about. And you know who's upset? Najee Harris was one of the most outspoken after the game. Oh, yeah. And it makes me wonder... Is there something different that's going to happen with the running backs? I know everyone is like Jalen Warren to the moon, Ugh. but I, I wonder if there's something we don't know about the run game that we might see looking different. So that I am very curious about. Yeah, something we will keep our ear to the grindstone. Is that how you say it, Stefania? Is that the saying? Ear to the... <laughs> I think something. it's ear to the ground. Ear to the ground. Nose to the grindstone. Nose to the grindstone. But, you know. Guys, it's we just, like to mix our metaphors. Yeah, no big up here. deal. <laughs> That's just fantasy focus. No big deal. Uh, that'll be something that we continue to monitor, though, as we go throughout the week, trying to figure out how those changes are going to impact that offense and what that's going to mean for us as fantasy managers moving forward. Stefania, though, let's talk about Monday Night Football. By the way, shout out to our friends over at Trophy Smack. Get ten percent off with a belt like this using the code Focus Belt. These Philadelphia Eagles are doing everything they can to get themselves a trophy smack belt right now. Stefania, they are nine and one. They look really good. Was I the only one who on red zone on Sunday picked the Chiefs to win at Arrowhead? And I think I mocked everyone by saying, you know, have you been to Arrowhead have on you? Monday night? Because I have. 
So confident. And by the way, I felt pretty good about that (laughs) up until like late in the game. Like something happened at the half because Andy Reid coming off a bye. I mean, let's talk about what was in the Chiefs' favor. Andy Reid coming off a bye, always a winner. Um, The fact that it was at Arrowhead. I heard there were uh, there were Swift family in attendance. So I was there Swift family? I was going to say that was a negative. There was no Taylor there. Uh, yeah, so. I know. Well, clearly that was the that problem. Happened. No, but yeah. um, they had a lot in their favor. I thought it was going to be tough for the Eagles. Chiefs defense has been playing amazingly well. Yep. Um, and then the magic that is Jalen Hurts Dude. and some of the stuff they did at the, at the end of the game to seal that victory was super impressive. So It didn't feel great from a fantasy perspective no. for us from Jalen Hurts. But here's the thing. His second worst game since week one, still 18.9 fantasy points, which in the scheme of what the quarterback position has been this year is still a really incredible floor. So 12 carries, 29 rushing yards, got in the end zone twice again. That's what, to me, it's like you can feel good about the chances of Jalen Hurts yep. scoring a touchdown. And yep. I know we don't like to highlight the touchdown dependency, but if there's a quarterback who's going to bully his way into the end zone, we know that they have their signature move that they do if they're in close to the goal line. But even running within the red zone, not up at the goal line, he's still the guy who, who gets in. It's been so fun because I've been telling Rosie about the tush push and we, we talk about it all the time. And now the it's brotherly like, shove. It's what so are we calling good. it? I know. I know. Whatever you want to. Well, pick. what's amazing is like you're just now it's become a thing where we're just waiting for someone to stop it. Yeah. And with everybody knowing it's coming, they just still they, they can't, can't stop it. Stop it. Yeah. It's unreal. It's, it's it's such an interesting setup because they're just so unbelievably talented, especially at that play. Let's talk about the rest of this game, though. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, in spite of the fact that he didn't look fantastic, 150 passing yards and interception, but like I said, got in the end zone through with his legs, was great for you. DeAndre Swift, 12 for 76 and a touchdown and a couple of passes, 19.7 fantasy points. Clearly the, the lead running back here for the Eagles. Clearly. Yeah. Like, I don't, there's nothing to say. Like, it's him. And because of his, uh, you know, his ability to be a threat in the passing game yep. as well as the run game, it's it's just going to be him. He's that guy. And with how good that offensive line is opening up holes, I have been so proud of DeAndre Swift being able to stay healthy. That was one of the knocks on him coming from Detroit. He had missed at least three games every single year of his career with the Detroit Lions. And that was part of why I think we had him projected more as like a mid-20s running back rather than a guy that with this offensive line was maybe more of like a a mid-teens kind of a guy. But because he stayed healthy, running behind this incredible offensive line, utilizing space, he has been absolutely incredible for your fantasy team. A guy that you drafted outside the top 25, He's a full-time starter for your fantasy roster They kept him under wraps initially, and I don't think they fully knew what they were going to get because of that history that you referenced. And then, you know, he's obviously been very happy there. I I think there's something to that. You know, you say what you will, but I do think when a player is comfortable in a situation, feels like they're valued by their team. I I watched Hard Knocks, Mm -hmm. you know, which, by the way, coming back yes in season with the Dolphins but I mean you felt like they wanted something out of DeAndre Swift that he wasn't comfortable giving they were were a little bit out of out of sync there it wasn't a surprise to me that they moved him along but he has found a good fit in Philly where his skill set is well utilized and he's got the blocking up front I love it I love it love seeing DeAndre Swift be able to do what he's doing here in Philadelphia looking fantastic for fantasy managers and these pass catchers yeah Quick well, sh- you know what? Shout out to Mike Clay. Oh, I was going to give a different shout out. Let me, let me oh, hear you Mike Clay gonna, shout out. Because of Devontae Smith, he talked to us about what he said. This was an opportunity for Devontae Smith to have the big game because yep. he talked about who would be following who. You know, Mike Clay does this thing yep. where he does the, the cornerback, yeah, the yep. wide, cornerback wide receiver matchups. And sure enough, A.J. Brown. Shout out by Legereus Sneed again. And what do we get? 1.8 fantasy points. Yeah. Worst Not game ideal. Of the season. Yeah. No. And I don't, you know, that's, it's a one game. You're going to have those games. And Mike Clay tried to tell us, but I actually made a lineup switch to put Devonte Smith in where I was concerned. Chiefs, Arrowhead, you know how I felt about oh, that. Yeah. But because of the way Mike Clay set it up and look what we got. Look what we got. 15.9 fantasy points out of Devonte Smith, who by the way, looked fantastic and when you get the interview with svp at the end of the game you know that you're the hero yes absolutely (laughs) i love being able to watch those end of the game interviews on monday night football especially when it's a road team that gets the win because i want to find out how many fans stick around to make noise around svp set when they have players (laughs) that come out onto the field which i think is awesome you look at Devontae smith though i I was going to give a shout out to liz loza it was the same Mm. thing because she read the read the shadow report talked about it 
One of the props that popped this week was a Devonta Smith uh, prop, which absolutely hit because of this specific thing. So we have been waiting to see Devonta Smith have more consistency like we saw last year within this offense. It's just been so A.J. Brown heavy because he's been doing unbelievable things, right? Well, he has that separation ability. I think in that that metric that was developed, I mean, shout out to Seth Walder and company, yep. right? That, that, that open wide receiver metric and A.J. Brown is the leader or he was last year. I think he's still in the top three, even if he's not number one this year, but he has this ability to get open yeah so absolutely uh, always available for Jalen Hurts no matter where he is and except for I guess when Legereus needs shadows him well because of this with with Devonta Smith I think it also helps out and this shout out to Pulse it helps out that Dallas Goddard wasn't there because without Dallas Goddard it just offers more potential opportunities to Devonta Smith in six games since the start of last season without Dallas Goddard 15.8 fantasy points per game for Devonte Smith, a 29% target share. He has eight or more targets in every game. So this might be a situation with no Dallas Goddard for a little bit. I realized this was a one game thing where we were talking about this AJ Brown shadow, but maybe we start to see a little bit more volume for Devonte Smith for fantasy managers moving forward. Like we saw last year, because both of these guys can be easy, set it and forget it starters for fantasy managers if this offense is rolling. Well, I think what we have talked about is that when Dallas Goddard is not in the game, it's not automatically one of the other tight ends who steps up and has that role. Now, uh, we we saw them lose, uh, is it Calcaterra, uh, yeah. to, a, to an injury. Uh, Jack Stoll, was, I think he got a point and a half, and I think yeah. I might have played him in DK or something just to have another body on the roster. But Dallas Goddard is very involved in the offense. And when he's not there, it's not likely to get those carries spread to other tight ends. It's likely to go to the other wide receivers. I wonder if the gap, I'm going to be watching to see if the gap between AJ Brown and Devontae Smith gets a little bit tighter in these upcoming weeks. I don't think AJ Brown is going to move down in rankings at all. It's just the idea that does Devontae Smith move up a little bit as we get towards the second half here and watch them kind of get back to where they were at. He almost had it in touchdown too. Stefania, I don't need this. Listen, in the Fantasy Focus Show League, I'm going to say this. Let's not talk about that. I I lost a field by like six, seven points. I forgot to set my lineup this week. By last night. It was my birthday this weekend. So I was out doing stuff. I mean, priorities. I I know. I accidentally left Noah Brown in. And because of that, I lost (laughs) 115.2 to 115.3. I lost by (laughs) 0.1 points because I left in Noah Brown and I had Devontae Smith, which means he catches that ball at the one yard line and just rolls into the end zone. I win free and clear. I mean, forget the fact he made a beautiful catch and got you all those yards, but but I know just a little bit closer, but uh, I, you know what, as much as I want to support you in this. You left Noah Brown in. I know. Just set your lineup, Daniel. Don't be a dummy. Gosh. (laughs) Guys, don't be a Daniel. Make sure you set your lineups moving forward. That was just, it was one week. All right, mm-hmm. let's move ahead and talk about these Chiefs. Seven and three Kansas City Chiefs. This team has struggled, Stefania. When you watch this team, like I, I look at Patrick Mahomes and I say to myself, Why don't his wide receivers catch the ball? That's exactly Is that what, what you say to yourself? Thank you. I mean, it's a, it feels like a wide receiver problem. And I, I hate to. Uh, this is where, you know, I'm an empath, mm-hmm. so I have a really hard on. time piling on. I have a hard time blaming players. I don't want to be the one who says, Nicole Hardman, mm-hmm. why didn't you catch that ball? Yeah. But it's hard when you see the replay to be like... Mequel Hardman, why yes. didn't you catch MBS. the ball? MBS. <laughs> oh, MBS. Yes. MBS. Mequel yes. Hardman, sorry, sorry, left with a thumb injury. Yes, right. Yeah. Yes. Why did you leave with a thumb injury? Why did you leave with a thumb injury? We could have used you out there. I know. It, M, M. Yes. You see. It was brutal. It is so tough to Even watch Even Justin Watson had a ball that he could have maybe caught. Maybe. Travis Kelsey had a handful of balls, Travis Kelsey. What's wrong with Travis Kelsey? This is, so, <laughs> this is part of the conversation. I am so frustrated. So frustrated that CJ Stroud threw three interceptions because if he had not done that, he would have outscored Patrick Mahomes and all of this between me and field would have been very obviously CJ Stroud, but Patrick Mahomes technically scores a few more points than CJ Stroud, but it feels 
crappy. 24 completions, 177 passing yards, 177 for Patrick Mahomes. Two touchdowns, yeah. six carries for 38 this is, yards. This is where the quarterback stats are not on him because the things, if you watch the game, what you saw are like his pocket presence is something that I I, I wish you could put it in a bottle oh. and give it to these uh, quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Zach Wilson, but that's just that's, mean. Yeah, uh, but all the, you know, they don't feel the pressure. There is something about that. So he steps up in the pocket. He makes plays out of nothing. We saw him do it last night. But even when he's trying to just get rid of the ball throw it away so you don't take the sack and yet throw it away so you don't make the pick I mean he did have the one interception but not totally on him uh I think Patrick Mahomes has shown us why he is such a valuable quarterback absolutely but his fantasy stats to me from last night were not on him nope Nope. When you complete 24 of 43 passes. Now, mind you, it was a little rainy, right? There was some weather issues going on there, but this is still Patrick Mahomes, his wide receivers, his tight ends. They've got to come up and make plays. And we have not seen that this year. Nothing I think was bigger than that singular MVS play at the end of the game that is probably going to haunt him for a while. It haunts a bunch of us fantasy managers who really needed those fantasy points. Probably not from MVS, but from Patrick Mahomes. I will say this though. I want to ask you if this is real. Oh, he's going to go ahead. 108 yards per game when Taylor Swift is in attendance. 41.8 <laughs> yards per it. game when she's not. Stop. You Are you benching stop Travis Kelsey? Okay, right now. All right. All stop right, it Stephania. with this nonsense. Uh, here's, the, here's what I want to, I wanted to ask this about Patrick Mahomes. We're coming into key fantasy playoff time. Mm-hmm. Is there a scenario where you, well, you know, it depends where your trade deadline is in yep. your league, but- sure. Where you trade Patrick Mahomes for another roster piece that you need. Let's say it's an RB1 because you've lost somebody to injury. Sure. Because you've got, I don't know. CJ Stroud, Kyler Murray. Maybe you added Kyler Murray, Brock Purdy. Who's got a really nice schedule coming up. I mean. I think if you're in that spot. You can move off of Patrick Mahomes given how he's played this year. I think there would be. I would lower my expectations on what I would be able to get back because I think even at trading him this point, you are sort of looking at a lower, a lower valued I don't player. Know. I think. Well, uh, all right, but I, I'm going to try and talk it. I'm going to try and I would try and talk somebody into that. Like, look, you know, this is uh, this is Patrick Mahomes. Like, he gets better as the season goes on. That's you know, a great he question. is a star in the playoffs. Tyler, What's I want you to put like? up a, a poll here on YouTube for me. Go out. Do you want to trade for Patrick Mahomes for a playoff run in fantasy? Or would you rather go a different direction? I want to know where our audience is at because I think Patrick Mahomes is super polarizing right now. If you looked at his more stats, polarizing than Josh Allen. Well, we that's, a, that's true. That's true. We had a little disagreement on the show. Mahomes' playoff schedule is the Raiders, the Packers, and the Bills, which is going to be, I mean, that's fine. There's nothing crazy there that scares you. I mean, the. the yeah. I mean,. Yes and no. It'd be it'd be interesting. They should beat all those they teams. Sh- oh, absolutely. Should, right? Absolutely. But Patrick Mahomes is not playing like Patrick Mahomes right now. It's I, not him. It's not him. It. That's why that's why the conversation. I don't it's not him. I don't blame him. Josh Allen is throwing interceptions that he shouldn't be. Patrick Mahomes has receivers who aren't making plays. They it, to me that's different. And he's utilizing And if Travis his legs. Kelsey doesn't outperform every other tight end in the books, mm-hmm. the receivers get exposed. Right. And I think that you definitely saw that last night. Something we're going to have to monitor moving forward with these guys. One guy that did not get exposed was Isaiah Pacheco. This dude's an incredible running back. 19 carries, 89 rushing yards. He just doesn't have any passing game work. So unless he gets in the end zone, it feels kind of like a downer of a game in spite of the fact, really good volume. The guy runs super hard. He runs I love watching so him run. hard. I mean, this is a great stat. First running back to have 15 or more rushes or 60 or more rushing yards against Philly this season. Wow. Wow. Like, you, you watch him, like, they, you can't, it takes an army to bring him down. It really does. He is brutal. I'll trade you Patrick Mahomes for Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it has been bad right now. I'll tell you that much. Uh, not much left to say for me as far as the nah. Chiefs go. This was a tough game. 
Hopefully better days are ahead. I'm sorry that I spoke into existence the idea that this was either going to be a 48 to 51 game or a 17 to 19 game. I should have never said this is going to be a 17 to 19 game. I feel like that's on me, guys, and I apologize for that. What was the final score? It was something like that. It was not high scoring. It was 21, 17, 21, 19. Yeah, 17, I, pi- I picked it 24-21. Gross. I was still wrong. I don't like that. I hate being wrong. I was wrong. All right. So far, really quickly, early returns on our poll on YouTube, over 100 votes. 64% want to trade for Patrick Mahomes. There a little go. bit of life, potentially. So yep. make sure you go onto YouTube. Check us out on the live stream there. Depends what your poll. needs are, obviously. This is not just a blind, I want to get rid of him. Correct. It's really about your needs and your strategy going into the playoffs and who you have as a second quarterback. Probably those 64% don't have C.J. Stroud under center right now. All right, we're going to pay some bills not. here really quickly and then talk about some waiver wires. Stefania Bell. But I'm going to start if you don't mind. No, you go right ahead. No matter what team you're rooting for, there's one thing that we can all agree on. Football season brings us together. A connection like that deserves to be celebrated with a light beer uh, that is just as great. And at just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. Because with a Miller Lite in your hand, football doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. From kickoff to final whistle, you can't go wrong with the Miller Lite in your hand. It is the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. And it's because of that. Sorry, I read that wrong. Because what's the point of having a beer (laughs) if it doesn't taste like beer? Did you have one already? I did not. No, I did not. This is water, Stefania, I promise. From kickoff to the final whistle, you can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. You've got 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce servings and a smooth, crisp, and clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you can feel it in your heart. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Yes, I am. Well, make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with GEICO. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning GEICO mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to GEICO.com. Ryobi is awesome, and let me tell you guys why. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. Doing more projects with Ryobi and football. Listen, hard work is super frustrating, and yard work is even more frustrating. You want to be out there baking in the sun all day long. You want to get it done as fast as you can so you can sit back and relax. Enjoy watching your favorite team. Well, with just the pull of a trigger, you can dominate yard debris and leaves with ease without the hassle of gas with Ryobi. And the 18-volt OnePlus battery perform platform means you can go from yard work to DIY in just a click. So you get projects done faster. But what if you only have time to take care of your yard while the game is going on? Well... This is the cordless blower. It is perfect for football season. With patented whisper technology that will make sure your outdoor space is tidy, you can hear the game while you do it. How cool is that? So get ready for the game with Ryobi and at the Home Depot. It is how doers get more done. All right, back here diving into the Week 12 injury report, Stefania Belt. Yes, I know you got Buckle excited up. about waiver wire. Maybe I did, you just yes, wanted to like, gloss over the injuries, but I'm here to tell you as somebody who worked this weekend... There's a lot that there. Yes, there continue to be many, many. So it started Thursday night and it just and it just continued. Yeah. Yeah. Quick FYI from not cool. Keith trade deadline for most ESPN leagues. Standard ESPN leagues is next Wednesday, the 29th at noon. See, I knew it was coming. So if you were looking to make a trade, you have until Wednesday, the 29th in order to commissioners can adjust that in their leagues. Just so you know, with league manager powers. Yes. With league manager powers, you can adjust that if you want to extend it a little longer. But the standard trade deadline, November 29th. All right. I have buckled up for the injury report. Stefania, this one might be a long one. Let's start it off with Devon Achan. So you know how excited I was about him coming back? And I gave you all the all the reasons why we should feel really good about him coming back. We talked about the fact that Mike McDaniel had said that he could have been ready to go sooner. Yep. But they placed him on IR so they would be sure he was structurally sound as far as his knee sprain went. And they would feel good about the time to ramp him up and get him back uh, in the game. And then we talked about all the productivity he'd had prior to suffering that knee sprain, which included three games where he had over 200 yards rushing and then 101 yards and then 151 yards. Those were just the rushing yards, mind you, that he had yep. averaging 12 yards a carry. That's okay. Ridiculous. So we were like, 
What are we going to see? And we talked about even the potential for a slight drop off as running backs often have after these type of injuries. And yet we still expected some because he was in such good shape coming in. He played four snaps. He went one for one on rushing yards. That's one carry for one yard. Yes. He went one for four on receiving yards, Mm -hmm. meaning one carry for four yards. And then he got hit, banged, whatever you want to call it, something that stressed his knee on the medial side where he'd had the injury. And he went out of the game. And that was it. That was all we got. That's all we saw. That's all him. we got. Yep. So uh, here's the good news. And, and Mike McDaniel confirmed this, uh, was speaking with reporters on Monday, that there was no structural issue. This is not something where they're talking about, oh, it was a huge setback. It's going to require surgery. This is something that I can tell you as a physical therapist, this happens. This is why return to play is so tough. Mm-hmm. You can check all the boxes. You can have all the metrics. You can look the part. But in practice, you are not going to encounter a defense that is trying to take you down, that is grabbing you around the ankle, that is falling on top of you in a pile. All things that could potentially either flare up the injury that you've had or scare you. I mean, sometimes it's an apprehension thing. You feel the pain like there's even though the tissue is technically healed, it's still sensitive. You can do something and all of a sudden it provokes pain and it's a flashback to Oh my gosh, this is what I just came back from. Now it's happening again. And it's a scare. And when that happens, it's really important to pull the player out. I give the Dolphins all the credit in the world. Put the fantasy hat aside. He was actually lobbying to try and come back in. They're like, no, no, no. Like, we're not going to do that. And that was a McDaniel call, basically, you know, for all the people who gave him grief last year about not caring about his players. He made this call like, I just don't think it's wise. You're coming off this injury this scare just happened. It's great that everything checked out, uh, but given the rust and this, we're going to hold you out. So from a standpoint of what to expect this week, I think the door is still open. McDaniel okay. did say they have not ruled him out. I think they're playing Friday. Yep. I might be a little surprised. They play the Jets. Uh, Black Friday. First time we have a Friday game Thanksgiving week. Uh, I think that it's more likely that we don't see him until week 13. Really? That is just my personal uh, opinion at this point. Um, watch the practice reports. We shall see. But if I'm a Devon HN, I'm excited that he's not done for the season. This is right. not a huge setback when it looked like it could have been a big scare. And I'm going to be patient, and but I'm going to make a plan to sub for him this week. As much as I did not love him getting pulled out of the game, I do appreciate that the coach was trying to help keep him safe, knowing that we have future games that we want him to be fully healthy for as well. So definitely a good update there on Devon H and fingers crossed that we get better things ahead and we will keep an eye out on this Friday game for more news as to what's going to happen. Stefania, make sure you follow Stefania on the X at Stefania underscore ESPN. Yeah. Precious reports will be a big deal early in the week because they play Friday because of that. Right. So you'll have time to pivot. He's not the only running back that got banged up. We also had Ken Walker that got hurt and we saw Zach Charbonnet. We'll talk about Zach a little bit later in the show, but what can you tell us about Ken Walker? Oblique injury for Kenneth Walker. If you saw him, he grabbed at his left side right before he went out. Like he was hurt while he was running, yep. untouched. He, he, you saw him reach for it. Then he goes down. And when he got up after that play, he did the, I'm out. You know, yep. So you know it was an injury that uh, it, it was serious enough that he knew that he needed to come right out. What's interesting, if you go back to Christian McCaffrey, when he had his oblique injury, remember he was like, I'm out. These are, they're very sharp. If you've never had one, it's your obliques attached to your ribs. And when you pull there, you can pull it right. You can pull it right away from the rib, uh, the rib attachment and it's super painful. So um, he could not go now. It's really interesting because Pete Carroll talked about this yesterday and he called it, quote, a legit strain. Why does this matter? Brady Henderson covers the Seahawks for us. And he's like, this is language Pete Carroll uses when he's hinting that a player will miss some time. I love our NFL nation reporters who follow this because that is the kind of detail that I want. Pete Carroll, we know to be very optimistic. He's usually pretty good with detail around the injury, but he also is often optimistic about what a player's status is. I love that Brady Henderson noted that. Um, But then Pete Carroll did also say, to give him full credit, those injuries usually take some time to figure out, although they don't think he's an IR candidate right now. Emphasis on the right Right now. now. So I think they want to see how he progresses over the next few days. But the Seahawks play the 49ers on Thursday. 
Go Niners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, we will not be disappointed. We. I uh, yes. will not be disappointed. All right, Peyton. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least he played for the team, I Stefania. I do the we too. You know. That's how it works. I know. That's how it works. I'm, I'm not going to apologize for it. But uh, he did, he was listed as a non-participant Monday. Do yeah. not expect to see him this week and potentially beyond this week. Okay. That is a really good update. I do want to say this. I love your shout out. Shout out Brady Henderson, because one of the things about our awesome NFL reporters is the nuance and context that comes along with following people on a daily basis. Like they do, they get it in a way that we don't, that national media reporters and always get it when you're in there and you get to hear them talk. You're like, nah, this is a Pete Carroll thing. And I know that that helps us tremendously. And also, you know, an injury like this, I mean, it's a soft tissue injury when it's the oblique, it's an abdominal muscle. And we saw Christian McCaffrey come back the next game. I mean, he did not, he, he did not, Missed time. So, uh, Christian McCaffrey, or did he? No, he did not. I got it. He did. He did. We'll have to look at it. Kevin Paulson, did Christian I, he, McCaffrey miss yeah, time after Paul's, his oblique injury? Why am I all of a sudden yeah, having a, a brain fade on awesome that? I mean, that I know that he was telling, no, 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 because he was telling, uh, he was telling, um, oh my gosh, it's Kyle Shanahan. There you go. 49ers coach. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Heard of him. There you go. He was telling him uh, to not change the playbook for him. And they get, remember, wasn't it like a Monday night and they gave him right up until before the game. So like it was if a you big can roll, discussion. We're going to do it. Yeah. In any case, but that was a longer week. Kenneth Walker's got four Shorter days. Yep. That being said, Puka Nakua also had one and he did not miss time, but we've seen Jalen Waddle had one in the preseason and it was a several week injury. So when you have a spectrum of injury like that and you've got, a reporter like Brady Henderson, who's there all the time, who can yes. help us interpret. My point really with all of that was to say you're 100% right. It's very valuable. Super valuable to us. Uh, is this game in San Francisco? Uh, it is not. It is in Seattle. Yes. Okay. So they at least don't have to travel on a short week, which is the classic Matthew. You travel <laughs> like this much west, like two inches on the map west in order to be able to do a thing. Yeah. They still got to go. It's not, it's not the most friendly environment. Sure, I don't, you know, sure. the 12th man and all that, but. Uh, He's not the only Seahawk that got banged up. Geno Smith got banged up. Pete Carroll had a few things about it. It didn't sound as serious at all as what Ken Walker's is. Well, it, it looked it at the time because, you know, he hurt his elbow. You could see him on the side of the right. uh, field, like trying to go back and forth extending it then he comes back in the thing you don't ever want to see when they take a shot of the quarterback doing a thing with his throwing <laughs> arm you're yeah. like oh crap. some of us it's triggering yes if you remember exactly. her quarterback yeah. who had an elbow injury this was different uh it was a contusion to his triceps so a uh, little quick anatomy lesson most people know but your triceps attaches right across the elbow and you also have these bursa things down there and i don't know if he hit it directly on it. it's a little fluid filled sack but they if they get hit it can swell up quite a bit. The way Pete Carroll talked about the fact that he had so much swelling and that it was really uncomfortable makes you think that that's the issue, but not a structural problem with the elbow. In other words, it's not like a ligament injury or something threatening like that. Okay. He actually sounded fairly positive that Geno Smith would be available on Thursday. Hey, we would love that, especially if you got any of these pass catchers. It would be nice to have Geno. I believe his words were great chance. Great chance. To play Thursday. Love that. All right. Let's talk about Cooper Cup and these Rams. Unfortunately, Cooper Cup goes down this week. Stefania, what can you tell us about his injury? So, of course, you see Cooper Cup ankle. You get nervous. Uh, It was a right lateral ankle sprain. So this is what we call the low ankle, that ligaments on the outer side of the ankle. He left the game in the first half, but he stayed on the sideline, kept his cleats on. I mean, little things like that where he maybe could have come back in the game are the hints you get that it wasn't that serious. It looked like he got stepped on and kind of twisted his ankle quickly like a a basketball roll. Um, Coach Sean McVay called him day to day. In fact, he said there's a real possibility that he is available this week. Um, Other words from Sean McVay, not something where you're saying he's definitely going to be out. You want to see the functionality. We've talked about Sean McVay being very good with his injury reporting. I love that he said that functionality is something we look at, meaning can he do what he needs to do to play the position? It's not going to be a question of they're really concerned about the nature of the injury. This is the same ankle. He had the tightrope surgery for the high ankle sprain. Do you know that this is almost exactly a year to the day of when he suffered that season ending injury last year, last November, the high ankle sprain that cost him the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the Rams were like the collective breath holding. Um, But 
the good news is this appears to be minor and we could even have him back this week. Would love if we had Cooper Cup back this week. Again, continue to follow the story throughout the week as we figure it out. With it being a holiday week, there's going to be less than we normally do. We got shows here on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We are done and out on Thursday and Friday to spend time with our families and do a bunch of stuff. So hopefully you guys can do the same. But because of that, make sure you follow everyone on social and check in on Fantasy Football Now on Sunday because we're going to have a bunch of the updates that you'll need there for that one as well. Another yeah. update, Stefania, you got two other guys in this Rams, uh, I guess I should say offense, because yeah. you got Kyron Williams potentially coming back from IR this week and Puka Nakua who also got banged up. What can you tell yeah, us about Puka those two Nakua guys? Puka Nakua day-to-day with a shoulder injury that he suffered in the game. You know, when Cooper Cup went out, Puka Nakua elevates. So yep. uh, something to pay attention to, but it sounds fairly optimistic that, okay. you know, he could be available. He's already played through two other injuries. Kid's really tough. Kyron Williams will return from injured reserve. That is definite. Sean they already told us that. We cool. appreciate that he told us that. Heck yeah. So you have Kyron Williams back this week. Let's move ahead and talk about another set of running backs, Stefania. Green Bay Packers, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about running backs. I know. Injuries. We had two of them that got carted off the field. They left this. Well, I shouldn't say carted off the field. Two of them left the field here in this one. No, but yeah, I think they both left they both? in carts. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Jones did. And I think Wilson did as well. Here's the thing. Aaron Jones, it was really scary. And it was scary for the player. Rob Domofsky has a great piece. He covers the Green Bay Packers for for us uh, about uh, Aaron Jones saying right after it happened, man, I can't catch a break. Mm -hmm. And then he said, and then I caught one because he thought that maybe he had torn his ACL and then found out that he did not. Oof. So uh, great to hear for That's Aaron good. Jones, but yes. it still sounds like something that could cause him to miss time. Uh, same with Wilson, who had a shoulder injury, uh, and it it could certainly cost him some time. So guess who the Packers re-signed to their practice squad? Tell James me. Robinson. Remember wow. him? I do remember James Robinson. I'm pulling up these great notes that Kevin Pulsifer gave us He's about one of those guys James Robinson. You like to be able to root for because he came in with such low expectations. He did really well. And like he sort of just bounced around recently well, because of some injury problems. Because of having the Achilles repair. Remember, right. he came back from the Achilles repair. And this is why we talk, you know, it's really tough for running backs. But look at Cam Akers did it and did it quite quickly. James yep. Robinson was on a relatively short time schedule as well uh, and came back and we thought looked really good out of the gate when he was playing for Jacksonville and then sort of fell off and then they moved him and he went to the Jets and then he was moved on from there. So uh, here's his latest travels. He signed with the Patriots in March. Yep. He was released in June. Yep. He signed with the Giants in July and played a tiny bit in the preseason, but then was cut in August. Then he signed to the Packers practice squad in October, cut on November 6th, re-signed to the practice squad on Monday. And now this is really, they were down to just A.J. Dillon in that game by the wow. time the game was over. And A.J. Dillon is on the injury report with a groin injury and is questionable. So I, there's a legit chance that you see James Robinson. So here's his stats from when he was with the Jets last season. They're not great. Uh, five for 17 rushing, okay. 13 for 48, plus uh, a receiving touchdown. Okay. Seven for 10 and four for 10. No. Not ideal. However, he's still there and he's still somebody that teams are willing to... Listen, I... He... If you are in need of a running back somebody who had Aaron Jones but uh -huh. you, there's no one out there I mean James Robinson at one point was was he did he win rookie of the year he was the Ooh. undrafted free agent who had this remarkable had season, season in we Jacksonville and all of a sudden we were he might have won one of our awards that might have been what it was yeah. we gave him rookie of the year here on fantasy focus on our end of the war end of the year awards yeah. show That'll and he be, earned it that's going to be a tough one if I'm honest <laughs> Packers have a, have a short week playing Thursday against the Detroit Lions, yeah. who have one of the best. I think they're number two as far as stopping this running backs in the NFL. This might not be the week. Not the <laughs> week that you probably want to play A.J. Dillon or James Robinson. But if you can help it. Uh, also, it sounds like Justin Herbert won that year for what it's worth. So uh, it was not James Robinson. We we talked about him in some like award-winning way. We yes, gave we him something. Did. We gave him flowers. Some flowers <laughs> yes, I'm with you on that one. You and I are the same person. All right, let's okay. talk about a couple of Cincinnati Bengals here. We got two guys, Stefania. We've already talked about Joe Burrow. Everyone knows what happened. If you just want to lead us into it one more time, in case anyone has not been able to listen to it, then I want to talk about T. Higgins and what his potential outlook for either this week 
or forward could be for these. Yeah, torn managers. ligament in his wrist for Joe Burrow. And he said later that he, or after the game, that he felt a pop in his wrist when he threw it, which is not typically the way these injuries happen. And that's what led me to think that there was a precursor to it. And it could be that just over time, you know, you get tackled, you go to the ground, you jam your wrist, um, you get hit, you jam your wrist. Those are the kind of things that set you up for this type of injury. And it's possible he did get taken down by Javian Clowney in that game, landed yep. hard. Uh, who is to know? But it it's likely that he had something going on there and he was sort of set up for that ligament to ultimately fail, which is what happened. But it's key for wrist stability. You you, you have to have it surgically fixed uh, without them telling us anything other than that his season was over and they made the decision so quickly. That's how we know sure. it was serious. Uh, and so you wish him the best on yep. the recovery and, and hopefully getting back to throwing in the off Full season and hopefully a hundred percent when we see him next year. Yeah. In the meantime, T Higgins, who more for immediate fantasy purposes um, has missed time with the hamstring injury. We just haven't seen him out there yet. And he's another one where I say, you got to watch the practice reports because until we see him doing something in practice, there's no way to project how close he is to returning. They didn't have to give us any information because because they played on Thursday night. So when you didn't see him practice, it was a short week. There was not, you can't judge anything by that. Yeah. So uh, this becomes important. They don't play until Sunday. Who do they play? The uh, Bengals this week. It's a great question. I'm looking it up as well. Cincinnati, because I am not feeling. Oh, they not play the Steelers. Steelers visit the Bengals on okay. Sunday. So uh, we'll, we, again, we'll have more information as the week goes on, but they don't have to produce their first practice report until tomorrow. Another wide receiver that I want to touch on really quickly. Only two two more injuries, and then we're going to move on and yep. talk about waiver wire. We got Justin Jefferson. He said he's not going to come back until he's 100%. Do you know where we're at so far in that timeline? I Well, and this is where, you know, the, the calendar comes into play because their game is on Monday night. They have a Monday night game uh, against the Bears, I believe. Do they play? Is it the Bears? They play Monday night. Uh, in any event, they play Monday night. And so... Uh, there's a couple problems with that. Number one is they don't have to activate him until Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, Which you're not going to, right. You might not know until then. And the, the thing is that they have a buy the following week, they have a buy in week 13. So if they choose to give him additional time and it's not arbitrary, like, again, I don't think this is a done deal yet. I think if you listen to uh, what Kevin O'Connell is saying, there is this sound like, they might wait because they talk about how important he is to the team and how you want to give him every opportunity to be at 100%. But you also had Justin Jefferson saying if he's healthy and he feels well and he wants to be that 100%, but if yep. he feels it, he wants to be out there. So I don't think the decision is made. I would say it's skewing to week 14, but I think they want to see him in practice. If he came out, he has not had a full practice yet. That's the other thing to watch. He's not coming back until he practices in full on consecutive days would be my guess. So we're going to keep waiting because at this point, it's going to be tough to put Justin Jefferson in your fantasy starting lineup unless you have someone else in that Bears-Vikings game to be able to trust, right? right? There's not a lot of secondary players in that game that you really feel comfortable in. Because if I got DJ Moore, I'm starting DJ Moore as long as Justin Fields is under center. You might have another Vikings receiver that could be Maybe an Jordan option. Jordan Addison, if KJ mm -hmm. Osborne is going to play, then right. like you could potentially couch it that way. But that's a tough one for fantasy managers because you don't want that guy that's coming back to play Monday night football for I, you. You'll, you'll get the hint before, though. You'll get. Okay. I, that's All why right. I said full practices back to back. They're going to need to see that for sure before they put him out there. But Last hey. One. If you have them on your roster, you're going to have them for fantasy playoffs. Yes. And that's where it's really going to matter. That's what matters. Yeah. Right. Last one here we got is Deshaun Watson. Stefania, what can you tell us about his injury? Um, just that if we know season ending shoulder, um, he's expected to have surgery this week. And so uh, I would be looking to see what the reports are after surgery. But the hope for Cleveland is that he has a smooth process and recovery and that he's ready to start when the season begins. So, yep. uh, but I, anybody thinking this is minor, it is not. He had a fractured glenoid. I don't think we've actually talked about it on the show, but the glenoid is the socket part of your shoulder. So, you know, the arm bone has is the ball and it yep. sits in the socket. He has a fracture on the socket. And usually Ugh. when you have that uh, and it's displaced, meaning it's out of position, they have to go find the piece or pieces uh, reconstruct that glenoid, put the labrum back on because it usually gets torn away with that. It's not easy. And then the goal is you have to make the shoulder stable 
but still allow enough mobility for you to have your normal throwing motion. That's why it takes a really uh, skilled surgeon to be able to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully we get someone. I I know that Joe Flacco is heading into Cleveland to be able to back up Dorian Thompson Robinson. He is the backup. They've made that clear. Yes. DTR is going to be the starter. By the way. Now I'm a fan of DTR. You and me both. I am just loving these guys who are getting chances. Me too. And at first we're like, okay, like let's uh, look up the stats, look up the bios, you know, and then we're getting these great stories like the Josh Dobbs Dude. and the. So, so I'm going to say this. We got to get into waiver wire. This is what people want to hear. They're here for the waiver. Wire. I'm going to say this. We got one question from YouTube and it was, we got more than one. I'm going to tell you one question from YouTube. <laughs> it's from Christopher Edmonds said, who has been your favorite player to root for this year? Oh, and I got to say this just really quickly because I don't want to take long. I do want to talk waiver wire. Yeah. I want to see the Minnesota Vikings lose every single game as a Detroit lions fan, because they're just sticking right with us in the NFC North. I cannot root against Josh Dobbs. No, it is can't. so much fun to just watch this kid be amazing. And he's on a team that I don't want to win football games. <laughs> I but I can't root against him because just like you said, this is one of those seasons where it's like, man, we got some awesome stories getting guys that have opportunities that were not expected to come up and watching them not only like live in this, but succeed. I'm so pumped in watching guys like that. So Josh Dobbs is my guy that I am rooting for this season. Spoiler alert, huge legs to walk out on. Everyone is rooting for Josh Dobbs this yeah, year. Yeah, no, but I mean, it, what's not to love? Yeah. You know, everybody loves an underdog. That is the way we are built. That's how it we works. love the underdogs. Yeah. Now, if he gets to the top of the mountain, people will be rooting for him to fall exactly. because it's human nature. But right now, we are loving Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut. That's right. He's on that. Uh, and how cute. I'm sorry. Path. One more thing. His parents. Oh, moving gosh. him, <laughs> that they've moved him. Every helped him move and been at all of his games. That's love. so cute. This is all why we we love these stories. Yes, yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, let's talk waiver wire for let's. week twelve. By the way, James Robinson won waiver wire ad of the year on a fantasy puppet show that once existed on this ESPN. See, I knew he won something. So that's what it was. It waiver was wire ad of the year, <laughs> and that's where we're at here in week twelve. <laughs> Stefania, we might have the waiver wire ad of the year. Not based James on what Robinson. Happens. No. In Zach Charbonnet, with what you're going to get potentially for the next couple of weeks, we're not sure what it's going to be or how long Ken Walker is going to be out. You let us know that. But while ever, however long he's not there, Zach Charbonnet is going to step right he's in and be, the be guy. that guy. 21 touches and six receptions last week after Ken Walker got hurt. He is my clear-cut RB1 that I'm adding off of waivers. When you were watching him this week after Ken Walker got hurt, was there anything that you saw in Zach's game that kind of stood out to you? No, because I hyped him up. I mean, look, I named two fantasy teams after him, (laughs) Sipping Charbonnet. I've been waiting for the Zach Charbonnet emergence and felt like it was a little bit of the uh, Jameer Gibbs where we're not ready to unleash him fully. And understandably, like they had a guy in Kenneth Walker's been amazing. Yeah. So you understand why he didn't have more of a role and still is a rookie. Uh, There was a question about, you know, just performance as a rookie in that role. Um, But to me, I was excited about his contribution in the passing game. So I like the fact that he had six catches this week. I think that can be even bigger. Um, It'll be interesting, especially like who knows, Geno Smith could play, but who knows how he might be able to throw. And so maybe that's where Zach Charbonnet fits in. That would be something there because if you're anytime that you can get. Although just going to say who they're playing. San Francisco 49ers. I like the fact that he is a bigger guy, but he also gets, so like he is the short, will be a short yardage guy, but also a very good pass catcher for everything that he does. So uh, coming out of the backfield, I really like Zach Charbonnet. Like I said, my number one waiver ad this week, another guy you could look at potentially Tyson Chandler got a lot of run this week, 14 opportunities, which was very interesting given that Alexander Madison was still there. Kind of felt like they were splitting time, Stefania. I know people are really, uh, I don't, I, I, I'm probably going to get the hate coming my way, but people are not, they do, are not Alexander Madison fans. Yeah. Everybody wants Ty Chandler out there instead, but I actually thought that Alexander Madison ran pretty well to start the game. I mean, Ty Chandler is more explosive and I think yes. that's what you're seeing and that's the appeal um, for fantasy purposes. But, uh, I think that, you know, it depends on, it's probably a game script thing with right. this team. In terms of whether you can have two running backs who can be valuable. 
taking on the Chicago Bears. It's going to be very fun to watch Josh Dobbs and Justin Fields both run all over the field with how they both utilize their legs. Running backs are going to be an interesting one in this one, though, because both the Bears and Vikings running backs have left a little bit to be desired. So we'll see how that one works but out. But I think in this week, you certainly could uh, look. Ty Chandler should be out there. I've been looking for him in every league and he's not around. So at least if at, you're in a league where you have him, yep. go get him. Grab him, put him on the end of your bench. Let's talk about some Packers wide receivers, Stefania. They're taking on the Detroit Lions again on Thursday, short week. If you were going to start a Packers wide receiver in week 12, which one would you want to start? Because two of them are available on waiver wire right now. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's not going to be Romeo Dobbs. Nope. I'm uh, with you. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Jaden Reed or Christian Watson. But I, I like the upside of Jaden Reed. I would take Jaden Reed over all three of them right now. And I don't even know what the upside is in this Packers offense. It's so difficult to try and figure it out. Because part of what Jaden Reed did last week was get in the end zone on the ground. Three carries for 46 yards and a rushing touchdown. If you just look at his, his receiving stats, only four for 46. Yep. But if they're going to manufacture touches because of all the That's running right, back right. injuries. I was just going to say. No Aaron Jones, no Manuel Wilson. Maybe we have James Robinson coming off the practice squad. I think they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. They should find easy ways to manufacture touches near or at the line of scrimmage for all of these pass catchers, including Christian Watson. Let him use his athletic ability against this Detroit Lions secondary. Is is this right? He's available in 91.3% of leagues. Jaden Reed? I'm going to check it out right now. I mean. It's possible. I guess, but. It's possible. I, don't, I feel like we've we've talked him up before. But he maybe, is now at, at 81.3%. Wow, still, like yes. he's widely available. Yep. 19 plus fantasy points in back-to-back games. Hey, you can do worse than that, And Stefania. if you, it, like, look, if you're going to talk about a quarterback who needs to get comfortable oh, with something, man. I mean, he needs to get comfortable with something. But if you're looking for that and you're trying to build consistency and you know that you're not going to have the running back opportunities, at least, I mean, James Robinson can catch passes. But again, he's practice squad and he's going to have been there for just a few days. I like Jordan, Jaden, Jordan Reed. He works for us. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Shout out Hi, to our what, colleague, Jordan, Jordan Reed, <laughs> draft specialist. But uh, Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed, I like, I, I can't believe how available he is. Like, I'm seriously going to go look as soon as we're done with the show and try and get him. Yeah. Wide receiver 35 right now on the season with everything he's done available in over 83% of leagues. So go why ahead do you, and check why do you out. hate Romeo Dobbs? I don't hate Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> I'm the one that was like, I would rather have Romeo Dobbs at value at cost than Christian Watson His this name year. Is and it Romeo. Was, it was the right love. call for what it's worth. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I like Romeo Dobbs. I wish that they would utilize him more. I wish that Jared, that Jordan Love would find a way to like get these wide receivers more involved in a passing game. But it, it just feels like the way He's got this spread it around thing that he's doing. Well, he doesn't have one guy that he locks on to. I mean, I think Dobbs, when we remember Christian Watson was hurt to start the season and mm-hmm. I, we thought it was Dobbs all the way. And that was just for a couple of weeks. And then, and then we thought it maybe we've thought a lot of things about Packers wide receivers right now. I don't feel super great things about him here. 12 end zone targets is second in the NFL to Mike Evans. Yep. For Romeo Dobbs second in end zone targets. It's crazy, crazy right now. All right, let's talk about the Rams wide receivers here really quickly. You mentioned Cooper Cup and Puknakua both banged up. I think we got good vibes that we should see both of them this week. However, if one of them doesn't go, Tutu Atwell, absolutely worth a look here in fantasy leagues. Eight to nine targets in every single game without Cooper Cup. And he's at at least 15 fantasy points in three of those four games that Cup was not out there on the field. Only an ad if one of these guys isn't going to be available. So I'm probably not going to add him here on Tuesday. It'll be someone I want to grab on waivers a little later on in the week. Although, you know, if you if you have space because your roster is so good, um, he might be somebody that I would pick up and stash in the eventuality that Cooper Cup hasn't because he definitely his his target share went way up. Yeah. It definitely did. And if we think that there's going to be any type of lingering issues, Tutu Atwell could absolutely be used or here within this Or Cooper offense. Cup goes in the game and he rolls his ankle and he's right back out. At least oh, you have of him course. on the end of your bench at yeah. that point. <laughs> right? I mean, just to be clear, I understand that you can't make the swap at that moment. Correct. Right. But you have Tutu <laughs> you Atwell have already. him already exactly. to go forward. Yep. All right. Let's talk some tight ends, Stefania. We got Luke Musgrave, who is someone that we have looked at. He's potentially available on waivers. He didn't practice. On Monday, I don't know what you can tell me about yeah, Luke Musgrave. Yeah, I mean, he's got an abdominal injury, and I'm not sure that he's going to be there on really? Thursday. Okay. I, I think that this could be a game without Luke Musgrave. So, you know, these abdominal injuries can be tricky. 
Um, but I would be concerned again on the short week about the availability of Musgrave. All right. Well, I think we got two other guys that I'm looking at as far as the tight end position. It's Isaiah Likely filling in for Mark Andrews. Likely. And it is Pat Fryermuth coming back who has been gone for a while. Didn't look great last week, but I think those are the two guys we're looking at. If you're looking at Isaiah Likely, knowing that Mark Andrews is going to be gone, we haven't seen the production that we want to see without Mark Andrews in there. It's like everything makes sense. No Mark Andrews. You just fit in Isaiah Likely, right? It's just that simple. The offense doesn't quite run like that. So I want to make sure that I I temper expectations if you add him. It's not just a one-to-one Mark Andrews replacement from that perspective. you got to lower expectations on Isaiah Likely. But he is a guy that is super talented. We've seen him used in this offense. And it is at least worth a dart throw if you need someone at the tight end position this week. Yeah, it's interesting because their offense is different this year. It and and is. I think so. You look at the stats from last year when Mark Andrews was gone, 15.8 fantasy parts per game, 25 targets in the three games last season without Mark Andrews. It's a different offense. Different offense. Different receivers. Mm-hmm different uh, way that Lamar Jackson is playing. And so I think that's why it hasn't been. I know that I went and got Isaiah likely and subbed him in when Mark Andrews missed what was only the second game of his career Mm -hmm. earlier this year. Poor guy. I mean, this is a guy who plays all the time. Part of why he was so upset when he got hurt Thursday night, but uh, I did not get the results I was hoping for. And I think to me, that's a function of how this offense is operating differently. That's part of the tough part is tight end has been such such a difficult spot for so many people this year. Unless you've got one of those top guys, it, you've been disappointed with what's been happening. Here. And when you've seen the sub, we talked about it with Dallas Goddard. It's not like it's automatically another tight end comes in and picks up the slack and gets the same volume that yep. the original starter had. They're not the same players. Total speculation here, but obviously Nomad Canada. We mentioned that at the beginning of the show for the Steelers. If you add Pat Fryermuth, there's at least hope that maybe this offense is going to change for the better. It doesn't feel like it can change to get much worse than what it does. Fryermuth is it. He, he's been targeted in the end zone. He hasn't played that much. No, he has not. But he, I think he had two touchdowns in the three and a half games he played. So... You know, a couple guys to you look could at do worse. Yep. You could do worse. All right. Just to quickly reiterate, I would definitely add Zach Charbonnet far and away. The guy you want to add off of waivers this week, he should lead your waiver wire. And then from there, you got a couple of guys you can fill in. The big thing is for this week, it's week 12, Stefania. Yes. No teams on a buy with no teams on a buy outside of Zach Charbonnet. I don't feel like there's anyone that I need to go out and grab. These are options that I'm grabbing basically for the future, not for this week more often than not outside of Zach. Like I said, yeah, I mean, smart people plan ahead and I haven't always done that this year, but I mean, I think that's how I would be approaching the waiver wire this week is like who might be helpful to me in the next couple of weeks, you know, trade deadlines approaching people. I want to try and stash. If I'm going to the fantasy playoffs, who could be useful in case one of my key guys gets hurt. All right, we got a couple of questions from our YouTube chat. Stefania, you ready for this? I don't think so. All <laughs> right, here we go. Ben Schauble wants to know, someone wants to trade me Stefan Diggs for Derek Henry and Isaiah Pacheco. What do you think? Trade him, Stefan Diggs. He gives up both Henry and Isaiah Pacheco. That's giving up two starting running backs. Who I wonder how many it? other running who backs you have. Who else does he have? Like, that's my immediate question is, like, who else do you have? Because I know Derek Henry has been... Uh, underwhelming compared to what your expectations were perhaps, but still, yeah, Yeah. boom and bust. Yeah. Um, We just, we talked about already how much we love Isaiah Pacheco. So I would have to know who I've still got. Yeah. Uh, Because Stefan Diggs, sure. I mean, he's appealing as wide receiver one bills, you know, any Josh Allen led offense where you can have the guy that is catching passes. You like that, right? And Stefan Diggs definitely going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but without the context of what the rest of the roster looks like, it's tough for Hard me to, for say me give, to up give up two, two number one running backs <laughs> yeah, for exactly. Stefan Diggs. So I'm not, a, I'm not out on it. I don't think you're out on it either. It's just, I need a little bit more to be able to understand what we would do there. Yeah, sorry so we're about that totally one, unhelpful. Yes. Yeah, sorry. That's basically my takeaway. <laughs> Kayla Johnson wants to know, I have Goff and Kyler Murray at quarterback someone sent me an offer dj moore and chris olave for kyler murray and pat firemuth are you good running with jared goff as your quarterback through the fantasy playoffs rather than kyler murray stefania because you could get dj moore and chris olave for kyler murray two potentially startable wide receivers but they've had some ups and downs this year I think this is a question for the Lions fan. Yeah, it's tough for me. I, as much as I love Jared Goff, this is not one of those situations where I want to go in 
and have a starting quarterback be a guy that I continually rank outside my top 12 at quarterback. And it's not because Jared Goff isn't a good quarterback. He's proven so He's many things to me as a Lions fan. Consistent. He's been so great. But from a fantasy game, mm, which is how we're yeah, looking at this, right. this Lions team wants to run the ball just as much as anyone in the NFL, which means Jared Goff is not going to be out there throwing it for 300 yards and multi-touchdown passing games on a week-in and week-out basis. That's just not how this team operates. That is in his game when they need it, but it's not how this team operates. So for me, I would rather trade Jared Goff than Kyler Murray. I think that the floor with Jared Goff is fine, but I would rather have that higher upside that Kyler brings with his legs, especially seeing that he's come back and he's looked healthy. I got no reservations about Kyler after seeing him for the first two weeks returning from injury. I think uh, I Pulsifer can help us out here with the rushing yards, but I think he's... Goff at, has 14 rushing yards on the season in compared... I don't care what Kyler has. Jared Goff has 14. <laughs> I, think it's, I think he's averaged 23... Okay, there like, you go. 23 <laughs> points or what? Didn't he have, doesn't he have 80 rushing yards or something like that? Kyler already this year in like two games. Let me see. Well, he did have that one 13 yard play where he ran 69 yards to get the 13, but it was the most impressive That's run true. I saw. So in this, in his two games, he has six carries for 33 yards and a touchdown and seven carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. I was right. So 84 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. That's the Can guy that I want on my fantasy focus roster. Focus on the fact that I was right yes, about that I'm off the top of my head. Forget like, about that part. Yeah. Stefania, you are incredible. Okay. Thank Look you. at you bringing the A game today. I know, 80-something yards. Well, I just knew because I've been watching. I wanted to see what Kyler Murray did coming off the ACL. So both. he put all the concerns to rest. And I think right there, I mean, there's your answer in terms of fantasy points that you're getting just on the ground from Kyler Murray. Yep. I'm with you. Hard to that give one. that up. Hard to give that one up. We got two more questions really quickly. Bruce J wants to know Elijah Moore, Noah Brown, or Jamison Williams for the rest of the season. Yikes. Those <laughs> are not names that I want to be answering around. Wait, Honestly, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, Noah Brown, or Jamison Williams. I love Jamison Williams as a Lions fan. I can't use him in fantasy. I, I just can't. I know, yet. even though they're like saying all the they're, right things about how now he's part of that, you know, he's like part of the tribe now because into he's the end gotten zone twice Yeah, and he's like, they're feeling better about him. Elijah Moore, down, but, like, I, I I don't trust anything in the Browns offense right now on the passing game. Just need to see more. Yep. Um, and Noah Brown, I love, but Nico Collins is back. You know, and no Brown's hurt right now. So I need to know if he's going to be back this week. Like what, you know, they said rest of season. Oh, so here's what I'm going to say. Rest. I of know, season but it's like, I, how can I vote on a Noah Brown till I know if he's going to, if be he's going to be here or not. Yeah. That's tough because of the three, that's probably who I take. Although I haven't seen him play well with Nico. I still think he's, he's man, tank Dell. Jeez. I feel He's, like this is the meme yeah. of that woman drinking that drink. And it's like, I can't decide which one. Else. Well, well yeah. <laughs> that's sort of what that was totally right there. that was. I'm with you. That's Here's the thinking thing, in real time. That is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. So you got Elijah Moore, who's got DTR under center. I want to see what the target share is going to look like with Dorian Thompson Robinson being the quarterback for more than just one game, right? That first game that he, he started, he found out like 90 minutes before the game he was going to get a start. I know. I'm throwing that one out. That one doesn't count for me as far as like what the kid can do on the field. So I want to see more from that. Noah Brown obviously has the talent and he's on an offense that throws the Ball a ton. A ton. CJ Stroud throws the ball as much as almost anyone else. So it feels like he's someone that you could look at. Jamison Williams, in spite of the fact that that is one of the best offenses and highest scoring offenses in the NFL. He's a not, boomer, but it's a big play guy. That's it. He's more of a DFS play here for right. you than he is a season long guy. So for me, so I'm going to default to Noah Brown in spite of the fact I don't right. know if he's healthy. I mean, I think that's like we're, we're working on our rationale and I still end up with Noah Brown, assuming I haven't heard that this significant injury, but I still feel like he he's proven himself to be too useful to not be. And CJ Stroud's throwing it all over the field and they have virtually no run game that's true. in Houston. So it's going to be throw, throw, throw. That's true. For what it's worth, Jamison Williams did play 68% of the snaps last week. So maybe we're going to start seeing that trending up. But for right now, I got to go with Noah Brown. Please, JMO, don't listen to this show. Of all the shows to listen to, don't <laughs> listen to this one. Uh, we have one last question, then we're going to close this out. This one comes from Andrew Workman. Daniel, as my November birthday buddy, and in honor of the Eagles dub, can I get a 26th birthday shout out? Andrew Workman. Happy, Happy birthday to you. Birthday. 26th birthday. That's incredible. Are I you don't... spending it with us? Is that yeah, what I'm here for? That. Yeah, I appreciate, you know, appreciate that. You. Don't love the Eagles dub. I didn't need that as a Lions <laughs> fan, but congratulations <laughs> to you. Oh, what is nine and one? That's got to feel really good. Eight and two still feels pretty good to me. 
What are you, Stefania? You're seven, seven and three? three. Seven and three still feels pretty good. We can I all be, you know, I'll, I'm fine with it until we play you. That's yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> and we got one last shout out to our buddy Blake, Stefania. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna hold this up to the camera and hopefully. Oh, we can zoom in and get a little bit here. I'll steal in. it, and we'll get as much of this as we can. Can we come on over here? Yeah, this is Blake Bonta, 10 years old. He is a fan of the podcast, and hopefully we can get him on the screen here. Diagnosed medulloblastoma uh, and treated for it at University of Iowa Children's Hospital. And he sent us a shirt, um, Team Blake, so we all signed it, and that's him. Uh, wearing his or holding up his fantasy focus uh, signatures shirt for Team Blake. So we're all part of Team Blake, and I understand that he's through most of his treatment now, still recovering. But you know, University of Iowa Children's Hospital, we di- we did feature on um, college game day, and that, yep. they do remarkable things for kids uh, with cancer for treating pediatric cancer, and we're so happy. Uh, that Blake is doing well, and yeah. we're so happy that he's a fan of the show. A huge fan of the show. Thank you so much, Blake. I don't know why, of all the shows you want to listen it's got to be Stefania. That's why you're a fan of Fantasy Focus. It's got to be what it is. Uh, it's probably true, but it's okay. But we, that is I'll okay, share. and we are totally pulling for you, Blake. We love you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and for listening to us. This is one of the things that makes football so fun, Stefania, are these stories, the and relationships. And it's Thanksgiving. We're grateful. Absolutely. We're grateful for everybody who tunes into the show. We're grateful for those of you who send us stories like Blake's, who email Email us. Give us a shout out. Love that. Love hearing about your guys' lives because we do it all from our side and it kind of feels like a silo every once in a while. So it's nice to be able to hear from you guys on the other side. You know what else we're grateful for? Our teams are winning. Yes, they are. <laughs> go Lions. Go, go Niners. This was a we very fun We both play show. on Thanksgiving. I'm very excited Don't know about, about you, that. but I got a family turkey bowl before that. Oh. So I got like... I got to get ready. Got to get ready for that one. This was a very fun Tuesday show. Thank you very much, Stefania. A little bit My different pleasure. than what we normally do, but this was a bunch of fun. Make sure that you guys go out. Make sure you get in your waiver claims. Get Zach Charbonnet right now. Don't let someone else in your league get him. We love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. got a smile that'll melt your heart she's always there to lend a helping hand her fantasy knowledge is just the start her skills are highly in demand she's our bay area lady out there hustling for us advice that we really trust Bay Area lady always there to help she's not a cone she's your favorite gal she's to find your best